Lord Jesus, you are so good to us. Would you open our eyes afresh to see your goodness, your Father's goodness, your grace to us. Thank you for this testimony of your steadfast love that never ceases, your mercies that never come to an end but are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. Amen. Till you take a seat. And what a, what a wonderful, wonderful way to, to, to begin thinking of the kindness of Jesus. What's well, so the generosity of Jesus? Can we remember the question we're answering today? Three words. What's he like? Not a big to-do list of ways we can be better Christians and things to challenge ourselves with, rather lifting our gaze to the Lord, which in itself is transformative. What's he like? Jesus is loving. Jesus is joyful. Jesus is at peace. Jesus is patient. Jesus is gentle. Jesus is kind. Jesus is good. Jesus is faithful. Jesus is self-controlled. We're going to think about Jesus' kindness in this session now. A verse from Titus 3. But when the kindness and love of God our Saviour appeared, he saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. I wonder if you were to answer the question, why did Jesus die on the cross? What answer you might give to that? And of course, there'll be a number of things that might be right answers. And we might say things like to pay for our sins. We might say to make for himself a people. We might say to demonstrate God's justice. A whole number of things, but one other answer, and an important answer to that question is, why did Jesus die on the cross? Because he's kind. Because he's really, really kind. When the kindness and love of God our Saviour appeared, he saved us. What's Jesus like? Go, go, go deep down into... What motivates him? He's really kind. Which when you trace that word through the New Testament, it seems to be very closely linked to generosity. He's generous. What Kindness as in he loves to give good things. He loves to give good things. And just wonderful to hear from joy of just, just growing in, as I hope we will all grow in our understanding of a God who's not just at a distance, just, just waiting for us to step out of line, but who loves to give good things. Because what's he like? He's kind. He is kind to us. And certainly 
speaking for myself, this is one of those areas where Christian jargon, Christian patterns of speaking haven't helped me. Depending on which church circles you move in, you can move in church circles where we speak of grace a lot, where we speak of the gospel a lot. Gospel, there was a time when you I think it was legally forbidden to publish a book without gospel-centered being in the title. Everything had to be gospel-centered. And grace is a biblical word. Gospel is a biblical word. But what I noticed was, at least in my own heart, and I wonder if others as well, sometimes my sort of definition of these things were just too small. And so those patterns of speech didn't really reflect the full biblical picture of the kindness of God, the kindness of Jesus. Grace, gospel, had become in my mind and heart sort of impersonal, out there. But when we think that really when we're speaking of grace, we're speaking of God's kindness and generosity... I think it helps us to see Christ in it rather than just something sort of distant and a bit, um, a bit mechanistic. Probably the most famous passage on grace in the Bible, Ephesians 2 verses 4 to 10. Just have a look down, probably a passage I guess you've, you've seen before. The glorious truth that we're not saved by the good works we do, but, but through God's grace, his free gift. But just so this doesn't stay at the level of theological jargon, let me read this, but just substituting kindness every time we get the word grace. They're not exact synonyms, but they're very, very close. And in fact, we see them actually together in this passage. But I think just help, to help us to see, saved by grace is... It's not an impersonal thing. It's to do with a God who at the core of his being is kind. And just, just loves to do people good. Ephesians 4. On the sheet there. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by his kindness you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his kindness. Expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by his kindness you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, this is the gift of God. Not by work, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. As I say, grace and kindness, not, not exactly the same, but, but somehow I think the kindness part of it, they're, they're so paralleled in this passage, and they're in Titus and, and, and the New Testament, just... When I tend to think of grace as a little bit of a little bit out there and impersonal, thinking of Jesus' kindness reminds me this isn't an impersonal thing. It's about a, a God who is kind. Have, have a look at down at the two little diagrams at the bottom of that page. 
this passage we've just seen contrasts grace and works. And perhaps we do that as Christians. We, we know that we're not saved by works, but we're saved by grace. And, and therefore we have that contrast and we operate on it. And it's an important one. Talking to Jerry and Joy, a minister in the Muslim world, where th- this contrast of not saved by the good things we do, but, but by the grace of Christ is so vital, but actually for all of us. But I think for a while, I, again, I just operated with too small a view of what that meant. Let's, let's take the diagram on the left. This is, this is the salvation by works machine. It's after lunch, everyone's a bit sleepy, so I might need to get people calling out some answers at this point. Um, I can't draw, by the way, and I drew these diagrams, and I, I quite like them. I'm never drawing another diagram, because this one actually worked. Ask my family for what my, um, what my diagrams normally look like. But the one on the left is the, sa- the salvation by works machine. So, we can work this out. What, what, what goes in the input on the left? Works. Yes. <laughs> works, good deeds, being moral, being religious, obeying the rules. What comes out? Salvation. Salvation. There we go. Aha, we say, but we are not saved by works. We have a different machine. We have a machine called grace. Apologies, grace. (laughs) We have a machine called grace. What goes into this machine? There's a number of possible answers. What goes into this machine? So I'm not going to tell anyone if I get it wrong. Faith. What other answers might be? What goes into this machine? Well, that sounds like works. Okay, yeah. Others? Jesus. Jesus. God's love. We could say nothing. We don't put anything in, or purely faith, or Jesus puts it. I mean, you can phrase it different ways. But the point being is, we contribute nothing. God contributes everything. What comes out? Salvation. There we go. We don't have a works machine. We have a grace machine, or at least so I think. But, 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 what is the problem with that? Well, that's entirely impersonal. I mean, I phrased it in a silly way and drawn silly diagrams because we wouldn't think we had a grace machine, but so often it's easy to act as if it is like that. The way the world Islam, whatever works is, do enough good things and you'll receive blessing. And the way I've seemed to think as a Christian is, well, no, I know that doesn't work, but Jesus has done some good things. There's some, um, the, the cross, therefore I receive blessing, but it's still all a little bit distant. Maybe God just set this machine in motion. But how does he feel about it? He's still pretty disappointed in me most of the time, maybe. You see, this way of thinking that grace is a system just as if works is a system is to, is to miss the riches. Now, when the kindness and love of God our Saviour appeared, it's not merely that God has found a way to enable to give us blessing without us putting anything in. But it's all a bit 
it's all a bit yucky. It's done at a distance. And how does he feel about us? Well, a bit disappointed, but he's sort of, he, he's, he's made a way for us to be forgiven, but, oh, and then I'll be done with these people. No. Jesus is kind. He loves to give. We're not saved by a machine called grace. We're saved by Jesus who loves to be kind. So when Paul says saved by grace, that's what he means. He means we're saved by Christ. The other problem, well, there are many problems with with thinking like this as well, is that actually what comes out of both these machines is the same. Have you heard that? I think it's a C.S. Lewis quip where these um, people, probably Oxford Dons, were discussing what's the difference between Christianity and every other religion. I mean, they couldn't work it out, long arguments, and C.S. Lewis sort of walked into the room, what are you discussing? What's the difference between Christianity and every other religion? Oh, that's easy. Grace, he said, sort of drops the mic and walks out the room. True-ish, maybe, but... Actually, what is unique about Christianity is not that simply we get the good stuff without contributing anything. The difference between Christianity and Islam is not simply we get the goodies without, doing, without putting all the work in. I heard, yeah, I heard a talk at a big Christian conference where someone was um, talking with Jehovah's Witnesses. The speaker was describing his discussion with Jehovah's Witnesses who famously are kind of working their way towards, towards God, and he said, do you know what the best thing about being a Christian is? The best thing about being a Christian is that I can have assurance that you can't have. And I thought, that's nearly true. But actually, what does, in a in a Jehovah's Witness's mind, in a Muslim's mind, in a, in a moral atheist mind, what, what, what are they heading for? Well, it's some kind of paradise, but one without Jesus in it. And that is not paradise. The best thing about being a Christian is Jesus. The best thing about being a Christian is that the heart of the universe is a God who is fundamentally good and loving and just and kind and gracious and invites, to spend, invites us to spend an eternity with him. I, I don't want to say to my friend of a different religion or none, effectively we're all looking forward to the same thing. The only difference is I get it for free. No. I want to say we're looking forward to vastly different things. Jesus Christ, where he should be, at the centre that's, that's something to be excited about. A God who is Father, Son, and Spirit in perfect unity and invites us into that. It's amazing how non-me-centered heaven is in the Christian, Christian faith, in the scriptures. And what a good thing that is. It's not just the mechanism of salvation that is different when we're Christian. The entire heart of it is different. Is We have a God who is generous and kind. And with a God like that, how else would we come to him other than through his generosity? It is unthinkable it would be any other way. Add in our sin, and it's unthinkable it would be any other way. But 
Let's not think the only difference between Christianity and every other religion is we are looking for the same things, but we get them for free. No. We are looking for very different things. We have a God who is kind, who is generous, and who calls us to be with him forever. Grace is not a machine. There's a, a sort of a running theme in, I've seen it in quite a number of movies where you have a, let's, let's say it's a son or a daughter of a, of a, of a rich business, business person and this, this son or daughter is always, get, always getting into trouble but, um, and they're breaking the law and doing different things but the fines, they're always paid off by the billionaire, billionaire father let's say. And so... Fines given, uh, fines paid for, dealt with by this billionaire father. But actually, how does the billionaire feel about this child? Just ashamed of them. Disappointed in them. Yes, they'll pay off the fines. But disappointed. And Jesus wants us to show us God is not simply that billionaire in fact he is nothing like that billionaire it's not that God pays off our debts but is is disappointed he loves to forgive he loves to be kind I sometimes imagine two angels kind of come with me imagine two angels discussing as they hear news of God's salvation plan in Christ and you can imagine one saying to the other have you, have you heard what's going to happen have you heard what he's going to do what's he going to do he's going down he's going down there he's got he's going to what he's going to become one of them He's going, to live, he's, going to live, he's going to live among them. He's going to what? He's going to die a criminal's death so they can be up here. And one says, that just, I, that just blows my mind. And the other says, it does, but Given all we've seen of him, isn't that precisely what you'd expect him to do? Given what he's like, isn't yeah? That's just the that's that's just the sort of thing he does. The cross is just the sort of thing God does. It's not, it's not something he, he chose to do on one occasion. He acted out of character. I can have my heroic moments when there's a good deed need to be done. I can summon it up and maybe I can... The cross is, in a sense, is the most godly thing God could do. Be extraordinarily generous, even to people who don't deserve it. Jesus is kind. He loves to give we're saved by grace yes we're saved by Jesus who loves 
who loves to forgive us for all we've done. He's not there thinking, one more debt to write off. It is his joy, it is his delight to be saviour. I don't know what's burdening you today. Sins, guilt, shame. Jesus is kind. He loves to give. He loves to forgive. And we see that supremely at the cross, of course. But actually, Jesus is kind in all things. Jesus has always been kind. Again, only God whose trinity could be so fundamentally other person-centered and giving. And so if we're doubting God's kindness, we can look at the cross. When we deserve nothing, he, he gave his only son. But it's not that God was only kind at the cross. He's kind and generous in all things. That's the logic for Paul in Romans 8. What should we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? He says, look, if God, if God gave the most precious gift, he's not going to withhold other things. Now, God is generous. Read the Gospels. Jesus' life was characterized by giving giving people time, giving people love, giving people attention, dignity. Jesus was giving constantly, not begrudgingly, but because he loves to. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7, Paul says God loves, he's talking about the church is now contributing to help other Christians, he says God loves a cheerful giver. Well, where did God get that model from but himself? Jesus is a cheerful giver. He delights to give. With no thought of anything in return, he delight, it's just his nature to want to give, to be generous. What is he like? He is kind. I'm a careful giver. That's the time I read the small print. That's the time I'm... Am I... Am I 100% sure this gift I give will be used in the right way? No, best not give it then. I'll, I'll, I'll just keep that. Because, you know, this person, this church, they, they might misuse it or something. I, I best just keep it for myself. Or I'm a what's-in-it-for-me giver. I'll give this and I get what now? Status, reputation, privilege maybe. Jesus is so unlike those things. I mean, we see that as Jesus walked on earth. He was, I'm going to phrase this rightly, but almost irresponsibly in how good he was to all sorts of people. Isn't that what he's criticized for? Just being generous to all sorts. Jesus, do you know who you're being generous to? Do you know who you're being kind to? Do you know who you're spending time with? Almost irresponsibly generous. What's in it for you, Jesus? That wasn't the question. He just wants to give. And so a few a few applications and then I'd love time to yeah, later there'll be time for reflection to think more on these things. But one of them is come to God when we sin. 
if we think God is, yes, someone who saves us by this system called grace, but he finds the whole thing a bit distasteful. He's basically disappointed in us or just looking for us to step out of line. Then we won't come to him when we sin. We'll, we'll hide. We'll do as Adam and Eve did. We'll try and cover ourselves. But now God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. I mean, repentance would be a terrifying thing if God wasn't kind, wasn't it? Wouldn't it? To, to admit our sins to God, but thinking, and this is a God who is likely to fly off the handle and just have no patience with me. No, God is kind. He, he loves to forgive. So when we sin, don't, we don't need to hide it or pretend it's not there. Or, or try and fix it ourselves. Come to Christ. And we meet a saviour who is more willing to forgive than we are to come to him. What a wonderful thing. With confidence we come. With full assurance we come. Because he loves to forgive. We, in ourselves we we don't deserve anything. But that's just not the way God works. God never has worked on that basis. He's a God who loves to be generous, who loves to be kind. And of course, as we, as we gaze on Christ and ponder his kindness, I hope that leads us to want to be kind to others. I think that's why um, in this passage where um, Jesus is speaking of, of being kind to others, from the, sorry, I didn't give the reference, this is the Sermon on the Mount, isn't it? Um, you know, be kind to others, be kind to your enemies, then you'll be children of the Most High. I think he's saying, then you'll be like your Father. Be, be kind to those even who don't deserve it, because that's what God is like to you. What a wonderful Saviour we have. Why did Jesus die on the cross? Because he's kind. Why does Jesus forgive us? Because he's kind. Why does he give us good things when deep down we know, I don't deserve that? Jesus says, I know you don't, but that was never the point. I love to give good things. Go as deep as you, as deep as you can into the character of Christ and you will only find this sort of kindness and generosity let me pray and then we'll I think, sing again Father thank you for thank you for the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ thank you for his generosity to us thank you for his kindness to us that when he saved us, that was fully revealing your heart to us. That was showing what he is and has always been like. One who loves to give good things. Lord, we praise you that we have such a saviour. Please help us to have our eyes open to the, to the wonder of what it is to 
No, such a God, not to listen to Satan's lies that you are stingy and ungenerous, but rather to have our eyes open to your generosity and your amazing goodness to us in Jesus Christ. Amen.